All right, welcome to uh, another edition of In the Corner, From the Corner, whatever you want to call it. We are in a corner, and we are talking Baylor sports. Um, you are back with the Baylor Lariat Sports Desk. That's Will Parshman, Justin Bear, and Brian Bateman. We're back from a long hiatus. We're enjoying the break, and uh, now we're uh, we're back and ready to do it. How are you guys feeling today? Uh, I mean, pretty good. See, the last time we did this, we weren't even in the tournament. Yeah, we're, we're still not, now we're not in the tournament again. You know, we uh, full circle. Yeah, it was nice to see the men's basketball team finally uh, break that twenty-year drought of not getting in the tournament. But uh, it was a disappointing exit, early exit there against Purdue. But uh, Brian, how about yourself? Yeah, it definitely was uh, the man. The man who went to Washington. That's right. How'd it go? Yeah, How'd it? Vacation. Oh, the vacation was nice, but I would I would rather had to have, uh, cover another game on Saturday, but. Things don't always work out how you plan, and definitely for the Baylor Bears, that's what happened for them, too. I mean, guys, dissecting kind of what went wrong for the team, I mean, at least in the first half, it kind of seemed like everything went wrong. The shots weren't falling. The defense was abysmal. I mean, this was a team that had never scored over 84 points in a game in the entire regular season, and they run up, what, 46 in the first half? Mm -hmm. 46. Uh, I mean, can you even begin to diagnose a problem that's that deep? I mean, can, can you can that be fixed in, in one off season with basically the same cast? Yeah. Well, I mean, how frustrating was it for you guys to watch all the second chance opportunities that Purdue got? I mean, just offensive rebound after offensive rebound. Yeah, we just had nobody playing big there in the middle, and uh, it's not a problem we're fixing next year. We're only having you know we have Anthony Jones, four star recruit, but it's not like he's a big body that we put in there. Um, well, I don't know. What do you think is going to be? I mean, is it next year going to be any different than this year? It's not like we have some stud coming in. Yeah, well, I'm not sure about next year, but I can tell that uh, this is exactly the same thing that happened um, when we played Colorado, and you saw how that one turned out too. Um, you know, when when you're not rebounding the ball and giving them these second chance, third chance, fourth chance points, then um, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to uh, even stay close in the game, especially with a team that was ranked number 16 in the nation coming in. And one of the things that I was most disappointed with in Scott Drew was that Kevin Rogers, I mean, he was hitting. I think his, his first shot was that 18-footer from right inside the three-point arc on the baseline. and he's, I mean, nothing but net. And, I mean, a four for six for the day, um, had seven boards in 26 minutes. The, the fact that he only played 26 minutes in a game where, I mean, Mamadou Jian and, and Lomers and, and Simpson, I mean, those are all rotatable guys. Those are not guys that are going to give you a whole lot of quality minutes. Whereas Kevin Rogers is probably, I mean, I, I said this at the beginning of the season. I said this at the beginning of the Big 12 tournament. I said it at the beginning of the NCAA tournament is that Kevin Rogers, this team will only go as far as Kevin Rogers is going to take them because the guards, um, you know, you pretty much know what you're going to get. You're going to get at least two guards that are going to have decent to good days, uh, maybe one or two off. On uh, on Thursday, that was Tweedy Carter, um, three of 12, one of seven from three, um, but. Kevin Rogers is kind of more of a consistent guy because he's taking more high percentage shots. And the fact that he only played 26 minutes, um, I think, really kind of doomed this team because uh, Purdue was just too long. They're just too big. And especially with the guards, I mean, they're just, you can't, we couldn't match up. And that's something that we've always had trouble with this year is just finding ways to pass the ball around. I mean, we do great on the perimeter, but getting the ball inside for, for some good, quick, easy shots, it just hasn't been a strong point of the game. And I think, especially with, um, uh, with uh, Purdue, they they really they were talking the post game um, press conference. So that was one of the things that they definitely did was make sure that they weren't able to 
uh, they were able to pressure those passing lanes to make sure that the ball wasn't going to be able to get into him. So I think for for you know to take that into consideration, but then at the same time, that's something that, that Scott Drew and the team's got to really work on this this off season for the. For the yeah, you know, I know that this basketball is a whole team effort, but there's a couple individual performances I want to make note of. First, Curtis Gerald's 27 points, eight assists. Uh, I was doing some reading. Last time somebody uh, did that in NCAA tournament, a guy by the name of Dwayne Wade. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Um, so, obviously, he did his part to help lead this Bears team. Um, but it's not a one-man show, as we saw in the Kansas State-Baylor game uh, a month or so ago when uh, Beasley scored 44 against us. Um, and then Aaron Bruce, I was kind of disappointed in his final performance as a senior. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, uh, a little see, bit. Uh, 0 for 1. Oh, but he did get that personal foul there to, uh, to get get there in the, the statistics. But, um, yeah, he he was the cornerstone of turning around this basketball program, and I figured he would show more heart and desire to not go out like uh, go out the way the Bears did. But that just wasn't the case. Right. The one thing, though, about Chris Gerald's that you were saying just a minute ago was that uh, 24 of his points, or I think 24, 25 of his points, did come in the second half. So they're already down, and you know he's a great warrior, and he helped trying to get him back in. But they're just the whole the whole first half was just the whole team was just just didn't know. And it, they were doing in that. general, you kind of get the sense that this is one of those teams where, I mean, they're really good when the pressure's off. Uh, in the second half, I mean, they were already down by 20 for most of that game. They played abysmal uh, when the game was close. In the very beginning of the first half, I think it was like 11 to 10. And then from there, I mean, it just spiraled away from them. Uh, I mean, you can't have days where, I mean, in a game like this, for Henry Dugat to go 0 for 4 from 3, Tweedy Carter to go 1 for 7 from 3, and Aaron Bruce to take just one shot. I mean, I understand that the guy tailed off. Um, but he's your most experienced player. Uh, he's been there, obviously not to this stage, but um, the fact that he got 11 minutes, I mean, not criticizing Drew here, but it, uh, it just kind of speaks to the fact that not only had Bruce lost confidence in, in himself, but everybody else had lost confidence in him as well. So that had uh, definitely changed. Mark Shepard, 11 minutes, two for two, is, is kind of typical garbage time stats. Um I just I think in general this team is just a, a post piece short of uh, really competing in these kinds of games. Obviously, and when you come up against a team that shoots forty five percent from three, that's tough as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, will Anthony Jones, this incoming freshman next year, the six I believe he's six six nine. Yeah, six nine from, from one eighty five. So. The rail thin guy from Houston Yates. Although I will say that uh, Kevin Durant was. Uh, about 170 sopping wet coming into college. And I'm not comparing Anthony Jones to Kevin Durant, but I am saying that, I mean, it can be done, but Baylor needs a guy that, that can kind of be bulky inside. And, I mean, will Anthony Jones really add another the dimension that this team needs to the question that we need to be well, asking? Well, I mean, even last year with the Longhorns, they didn't have Kevin Durant, but they still had bulky guys inside, whether it be you know, Ashley or whoever else UT had. Um, I mean, we just don't have that at all. We have Lomers, but... You know, we can see by the stats that he's not producing like a big guy we need should. Um, so I don't think Jones is the answer. Hopefully Drew can maybe get a Juco guy in here that's just a big body that can be a presence inside the paint to you know defend guys like Blake Griffin if he comes back, DeAndre Jordan if he comes back, and so on. And I think also we got to look at the uh, junior college transfer we got from um, Pine, Pine Bluff. Is that where it was? Or someplace in Arkansas, and his name is Artem Filov. He, the guy from uh, Russia. We got him coming in as well, and then you also have Kevin Rogers coming back, and 
and then you got Fred Ellis, obviously, you know, not necessarily going to be the, the the guy you're looking for there, but you have all those guys, and hopefully one of them will be able to, to take that role. How much do you think that Jabril Chom, Penny, uh, as many call him, how, how, you know, how large of an impact does that make for this team? I think it really, I mean, we don't want to say it now, but I think it really did impact this team quite a bit, just because you really had to change the whole, I mean, yeah, you were going to run three guards for pretty much the whole season anyway, but that pretty much limited your chances to go to a normal set of some sort. And so now, obviously, when you have uh, Kevin Rogers, who, like in this game, only played 26, if you have um, Penny in there, too, you can, you know, you can have a to- you can have somebody playing all those minutes, even though it may not be a Rogers. Well, and I mean, is is Penny kicking himself right now? Is also what you need to ask because I mean he's an exile up in Wyoming, and the the fact of the matter is, I mean, he left for more playing time, and yet I think he played twenty five minutes against Notre Dame in the uh, I mean Paradise Jam, the Paradise Jam tournament. I mean the guy. I mean, as you can obviously see from Delbert Simpson's production, I mean, he would have gotten probably about 10, 12, 15 minutes a game uh, most nights um, had he stuck around. And and that's not even barring the the uh, obvious potential that the guy showed. Because, um, I mean, he was a ball handler. I remember watching him a couple times um, in an exhibition and in a couple of early season games. I mean, the guy can handle the rock. So, uh, I mean, it certainly didn't hurt. Or didn't help, so especially in a situation like this. But uh, why don't, why don't we uh, move on to the women's side of things? Uh, maybe even a little bit more depressing, even though they won a game in the tournament. Uh, second year in a row, not reaching the Sweet 16. Um, I, I don't want to use the word choke here because the team was was pretty depleted. Um, but I want to come close because they had all but wrapped the Big 12 up. Only needed, I think, one win at one point to get it, at least a share. Um, and I think they went five and six after players' injury. So, I mean, where do you go from here? I mean, can can you ostensibly keep your head held high despite the fact that you're a three seed and you didn't make the Sweet 16? Uh, I think a lot of people expected Kim Mulkey's team to make the Sweet 16. Uh, I was one of them. So the uh, loss against Pittsburgh, eight-point loss, was was pretty disheartening there. Um, but like you said, Will, uh, she was dealing with seven-player rotation. Um, ever since Jackson Player's injury, we all knew this team wasn't going to be the same. Um, so I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I'll use it as a crutch for why this team uh, did not as well there in the, towards the end of the season. Um you know, when, when Latar Derrick got kicked off the team, we already knew there would be depth issues. Uh, then players in uh, injury there only uh, worsen those uh, fears. Um, but I think, you know, next year we have four girls already coming in. Mulkey could go sign a fifth girl um, if need be. So uh, I think the issue of depth will be handled there. But now you're losing Angela Tisdale, a great point guard. Right, and I think that is going to be... A- Big, big issue. Now, granted, player will be coming back, so she'll be able to take take some of that load off. But I really, I really don't see. I mean, other apart from the whole transition from uh, from all of everybody, you know, getting up one year older and getting more, more mature, you're not seeing a lot of that change just in, in, in how this how this team functions. Yeah, and 
the thing about player coming back is that's going to help a ton because um, she's a great caretaker for the offense. Aside from uh, Latara Darrett, I thought she was probably the fastest, quickest, most athletic guard that the team has. Um, so I think her coming back will help. But, I mean, you can't match the fact that Tisdale has done some pretty incredible things this year, um, beat Texas by herself with that three-pointer at the buzzer. Um, and in general, she's, I mean, she kind of has led the charge in a lot of these games. I mean, when, when player went down, I think they won at OU um, right before that. And, I mean, a game like that, last, I mean, even last year with arguably as much, if not more, talent, uh, we're not able to do. So, and I would put most of that on the shoulders of Tisdale. So, they're not. They're, I, I don't see them being a whole lot better next year. I, I mean, they'll be improved. It'll be a multi team. They'll be deeper, and that's always better. But they won't be as top heavy. Um, I'm. I continue to just not be very impressed with Rachel Allison um, offensively. I just really don't think she brings a whole lot to the table offensively. Um, I, I'm just. I just wonder how much better this team's going to be next year. Aside from experience, yeah. Well, I, I like Allison Morrow and player. I mean, that's a good class right there. But uh, going back to the Pittsburgh game, and you know, Morrow and Allison combined for five to twenty-four shooting, and they're supposed to be, uh, you know, pretty key uh, uh, you know, contributions to the uh, contributors to the offense. Uh, that you're just not going to be able to win a game like that. Um, Allison, I like her more for her defense and her gritty style of play, getting in there and getting rebounds. Uh, but Moro and Player, I think next year are the two that are going to have to carry this team offensively, um, because although we you know we've seen glimpses of success from Wilson, sometimes Jones, it's going to lie on those the shoulders of those two to take these uh, girls back to the NCAA tournament and hopefully a deeper run. I think another big thing that people are looking at is when you had that title team and the year before and the year after we had some amazing superstars with some supporting cast and. This this team right now, from where it sits right now, and maybe it'll change, but there aren't any superstars. You got a lot of good players, and you got some very good players. Well, Tisdale's gone now, but then you still have some you know players that can play well. But you don't have that one person that can completely dominate a game. Like that's the difference between I guess last year and this, actually I wrote a column about this a while ago. You had uh, Mosby who was able to score, and that was I mean, granted that was the the offense, and she was the one who was running it the whole time. But she had the ability to score from anywhere. And you really don't have that anymore with, with with a team like this. So it's going to be hard for a team like this to go back to the title until they can find one person that can just completely take over a game. And as with the NBA, um, they say that, that in the NBA you, you'll be hard-pressed to find a championship team that doesn't have at least one or two future Hall of Fame candidates on it. Uh, you, I mean, if you kind of look back in the history books, most of the teams that win – have at least one Hall of Fame candidate, usually two, at least probably three All Stars or something. I mean, it's just people take for granted the fact that these kind of this cast of of miscreants, this sort of band that are put together, usually don't uh, produce championships. And it's and it's not to to say that you know Monkey can't coach them up with the best of them, but it should definitely be interesting to see uh, how they do next year. But with that, we're, I think we're going to end our uh, basketball section and our basketball season coverage. Um, it was an interesting one, guys. It was yeah, fun. It was. It definitely was fun. Should be, uh, should be a good offseason for Baylor basketball. See how we come back next year. And uh, we will come back after the break, talk a little uh, baseball and softball.